Welcome to the Multipurpose Room, a podcast helping school organizations and school administrations achieve their goals. Each episode discusses real-life topics that PTAs, PTOs, and school staff are dealing with. Our hosts and guests offer practical tips, learnings, and best practices to achieve their desired outcomes. And here are your hosts, Wesley and Deborah Jones. wanted to talk today about a topic that comes up fairly often when we're talking to schools as well as in many of the social media groups that I'm a part of, and that's Title I fundraising. So for those of you who don't know, Title I of the Elementary and Secondary Education Act provides financial assistance to schools with high numbers or high percentages of children from low-income families. The goal is to ensure that all children are able to meet the challenging state and academic standards. Title I schools are often hesitant to ask their families for fundraising dollars, even though arguably they are the most in need of those fundraising dollars. Based on the Department of Education's most recent data, which is the 2015-2016 school year, there's almost 56,000 public schools that are using Title I funds, so this impacts quite a lot of schools. I wanted to dedicate an entire episode to discussing some of the best suggestions that I've heard and seen out there on how these schools can continue to fundraise so that they can provide the additional support needed to their school communities. The ideas fall into three main categories. The first is like other schools, starting with your school community. The second category is leaning much more heavily on your broader local community. And the third is adding an online element to your fundraising. And I think it's important that the schools do all three And the most successful outcomes I have seen are from schools who are really leveraging all the different options they have to create this fundraising dollars. So let's start first, starting with your school community. This may be a bit controversial, but I've seen it echoed a number of times. Just because you may have families in your school community that are low income does not mean that they don't set aside dollars for giving to their children's education. And so you, as a PTA or PTO leader, shouldn't make assumptions about how people have chosen to allocate the income that they do have. Therefore, you should still ask. Make the ask, share that you're fundraising. If people can give, they will. You don't have to put unnecessary pressure, but definitely give that option out there. The second is lean much more heavily on your broader local community. Some ideas to do that are first, expand your membership drive beyond just your school families. Go to maybe their extended families, but also the local community. Post membership information at local community centers or even at Rotary Clubs and get others in the community involved in your membership. Second, look out for business partnerships. One of the most popular ideas I've seen out there is going to a local grocery store and working with them on a give back program. 
that's either a day or a week set aside where the grocery store gives back a percentage of all sales to the school. People are needing to go out and buy their groceries, so why not also fundraise for the school? They may also be willing to give gift cards that you could use as prizes or as something that you provide at a discount to your families, and then the money that is paid for the gift card is used for fundraising. You should also send out letters to local businesses or attend a Rotary Club meeting to meet business leaders who are looking for ways to help the local community. Making those connections out there in your community can really enhance the giving back to your school. A more fun and social idea that I've heard is a community cookout, or if you can't have social gatherings in these times, a pick up a plate community event. So that is relying on either a school community member or somebody out there in your broader local community who is known as a great cook. That chef will cook up an evening or will cook up some dishes that people can purchase, whether it is $10 for a plate of barbecue or $5 for some cake. It's like a bake sale, but really creating more of a dinner element around it. And all the money can go back to the school minus the costs for the food. It can be a really fun event if you do make it social. It can be very casual but it goes towards a good cause. And if you open it up to the local community, it also allows people to meet each other and potentially even create those business connections to again, drive fundraising to the school. The last of the community ideas is creating community classes. A school is a place full of teachers. Those teachers have skills to teach the community. You can ask the teachers or even some parents in your school to put on a class for the local community, whether it's a language class, a sewing class, an art class. There's a number of different options there, but putting on those classes, advertising them to the local community, again, can drive funds back to the school. You should also supplement your fundraising program with some online ideas. The nice thing about a lot of the online options is they are no cost to start up. And so that removes the barrier to entry and allows you to fundraise. One popular way is creating a spiritware store, but making it a little bit broader. So not just selling your school's spiritware to your school families, but maybe putting some community shirts there, advertising your local community, whether it's the name of your town, whether it's a specific event in town, but offering that kind of option and opening up the store to the broader community allows you to still raise funds while not just putting pressure on the members of your school community. There's typically zero cost to start that up. Oftentimes design support and no risk if there aren't any orders or if there are very few orders, very little for the school to manage. Similarly, down the online path is creating an Etsy store. It is very low cost to post something. You can have the students in your school create items, or again, maybe it's the parents creating items, and they can share those on Etsy 
And then when the items are sold, the proceeds go to the school. It allows people around the world to see those items, potentially purchase those items. So you're now relying on much beyond just your local community. One quick tip there for starting an Etsy store, high quality images do go a long way. Our phones have come a long way in that, so you can definitely use your phones, but also use multiple photos as that tends to help sell the items. Finally, add a donation button to anywhere that you have an online presence. Social media, any PTA, PTO, website, even the school's website, that allows alumni of the school, anybody who's following the school on social media, to be able to give if they want to. And it keeps it front and center for people without being pushy and putting that pressure on your local community. We know that Title I fundraising can be challenging, and especially over the last year, where a pandemic has really had an impact on the economy. We want to enable all schools to be able to fundraise and support the programming at their schools so that we hope some of these tips will be useful to you. They came from other PTA members that are in your shoes, and we wanted to share them out with you. If you have any ideas that you'd like to share with us, we would be happy to hear them. So please do reach out and good luck in your fundraising. Make sure to visit our website at themultipurposeroom.school and subscribe to this show. If you like the topics on the show, we share additional resources on our company blog at k12clothing.com and click on blog. Thanks to Squad Locker for making this show possible. And we'll see you next week in the multipurpose room.